What a Day is brought to you by Ulta Beauty. This AAPI Heritage Month, Ulta Beauty is celebrating the joy of belonging, belonging to a community composed of intricate connections, belonging to our past and our future, to the heritage and birthright that is beauty. Ulta Beauty shines a light on the AAPI community, passing the mic to brand founders and creators to tell their stories centered on heritage, joy, and beauty. They carry AAPI-owned and founded brands like Live Tinted, Peach and Lily, Glamnetic, Tree Hut, and more. Shop AAPI-owned and founded brands at Ulta Beauty Stores and Ulta.com. It's Friday, July 31st. I'm Akila Hughes. And I'm Gideon Resnick, and this is What a Day, where we are congratulating you on making it through another month. Yeah, and if you have a calendar, I'm really congratulating you because I haven't turned mine since March. Yeah, I have forgotten how to measure time in and of itself, so (laughs) you're doing it big. Today's show is a little bit different. Rather than our normal format, we're going to run a conversation we had earlier this week with our fellow Crooked Media host, Alyssa Mastromonaco, about the vice presidential selection process. So Alyssa helped run that process for President Barack Obama when he picked Joe Biden as his running mate, as well as John Kerry's VP search back in 2004. She's got a new bonus series all about what goes into making the decision called That's the Ticket with Dan Pfeiffer. It is on the Pod Save America feed, so definitely check that out if you haven't already. But we're starting to get close to the announcement, which the Biden campaign has said they could make any day now, though it could take longer. Yeah. And this year's Veep pick is a little bit different from the past cycles, with Biden saying that he's definitely going to select a woman. His pick would be the third woman ever to make the ticket as a VP for a major party in the U.S., the others being Sarah Palin and Geraldine Ferraro. According to The New York Times, Biden's search committee is vetting 13 women, including Senators Kamala Harris, Elizabeth Warren, Tammy Duckworth, as well as Representatives Karen Bass and Val Demings. And then there's also former U.N. Ambassador Susan Rice, Atlanta Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms, and... Lots more, I'm sure. Uh, Some are further along in the process than others. We're not going to get into any predictions, but we are going to get into what might be going on behind the scenes and why this actually matters. So let's bring in Alyssa. Alyssa, hello. I love you. Welcome to the show. Guys, miss you. Hugs from upstate New York. Hugs from LA. (laughs) Because we can hug from across the country, just not up close. That's True. right. It's more than six feet. That's for sure. Um, back, <laughs> of the, back of the napkin math there. Um, OK, so first question for you. We hear about all of these people being vetted. We hear about what that process is actually like in you know bits and pieces, interviews, background checks, things like that. But what does it actually look like? And what are the final steps that might be happening right now as we speak this week? So if we believe what we hear in the news, which is that they're down to a final three to five women... Right now, it's like when it gets to be like the real colonoscopy. You know, they they have given over everything. You know, they've been through the cleanse. They've given over their taxes, everything they've ever written, everything their spouse has written, anything terrible their kids have done, anything. The, the fundamental goal of the vetting is to make sure that the campaign knows anything before the press ever could, right? So that if it comes mm-hmm. out, whether that it's disqualifying or not, they can they can respond to it before anybody else. So mm. now you probably have, you know, many years ago when this was something that I handled for John Kerry and then for uh, Senator then Senator Obama, we were having like very complicated logistics of how to meet secretly with private planes and and semi disguises. 
I think now they're doing Zoom meetings, you guys. I think that this is <laughs> largely just like it's we're exactly doing now. Same. I think they're doing it on Zoom. The only thing is like I've always wondered is like, are other people listening in? Do you know what I mean? Like, is it just a mono a mono or is it or are there other people participating? But I think this is the people who have made it have, I think, passed the fundamental phases of the vet. And what we're at right now are who can Joe Biden see himself in a partnership with who will be his governing partner and you know yeah and how they're going to roll this person out how they are in a world of covid where a normal rollout would be a very like well choreographed executed big public event um with a big crowd and lots of enthusiasm, you know, how do they do this now? How do they get the bounce that they need and the excitement that they need um, to make this, uh, you know, something that drives Trump back into his bathroom to tweet? Um, <laughs> you know, I think that that's, so that's, that's probably where they are. It's down to the real personal, like nitty gritty of, of who can he see himself with. There's all of this punditry, right? And it's all about picking someone who will help voters get excited, you know, sort of like create this groundswell where there's kind of this COVID, like <laughs> just quiet happening. But do you think that the VP actually makes a difference when it comes to swinging the election for voters? Like I can say full stop, I was loosely familiar with Joe Biden and I was all in on Obama. So like, <laughs> I don't know. It is... My view is not much. And I go back to a story that I think is really important, specifically as it relates to picking a female running mate. But back when uh, Mondale picked Ferraro, what everyone mm. needs to remember is that he was losing by 20 points, right? So in that <laughs> instance, she did, when he picked Ferraro, she did get him up to break even, right? They were tied mm. kind of coming out of the conventions. However... As Barbara Bush says, they were very concerned that if voters actually did vote for a vice president, that they'd win because people were so supportive of Ferraro and she had had such an impact. They lost. Not only did Mondale and Ferraro lose, they lost women. So, like, yeah, you know, and, and you go a step further and you look at John Edwards was picked People thought it was a nod to the South, North Carolina. I think we lost North Carolina by plus mm -hmm. 10. Um, I think we were always going to win Delaware <laughs> in 2008. And so I think that the most important thing is that they pick, you pick someone, like if you look at the difference, did John Kerry and John Edwards seem like best friends? No. <laughs> Not that they need to be best friends, but there was something staged feeling about their relationship. Mm -hmm. Did Barack Obama and Joe Biden seem like they were going to fucking take down America together in a good way? They did. So <laughs> I think that, you know, yes. and especially, you know, people talk about how, oh, like, do they need to be simpatico? I do think that when a 78-year-old man uh, is running and is picking a woman – I think it's a good idea if they seem like they're like a real partnership. Do you know yeah. what I mean? It's like, right. I hate to say it, but this is the third time a woman will be on the ticket. 
um, will have made it, you know, to a general election ticket. And it's kind of like three strikes and you're out or third time's a charm. And I Mm. really feel like we need to make third time's a charm here. And I think if people believe that he's like stoked to be uh, running with this woman and considers her an equal, which I think is Mm -hmm. vitally important, then I think that's the recipe for success. So I think that people talking about motivating, I mean, because look, I'll be the first person to say months ago, I was like, he's going to need to pick someone who's hardcore with the grassroots because he needs the support, the endorsement, and he needs the money. And he did fine without the grassroots (laughs) and his money. Better. I'd say better than fine. You know, that was my one reel out on a limb. This is what it's got to be. And what the fuck do I know? Don't know. <laughs> I mean, yeah, same. I mean, a lot of people didn't think that this would be the outcome at all. So and yet here we are. But to the point that you're making about the age thing, um, how much does that also sort of play in here in terms of the thought process? Is this I know that they, they would never publicly say, you know, like, I'm not committing to a second term because of age or I'm not committing to a second term because of how insanely difficult a job like this would be. But how much of that is also sort of going into how this is coming together and being thought about? So I would put it in a sort of more like macro 2019 2020 perspective which is that we have a global pandemic that has you know several world leaders have gotten sick with this right i mean mm-hmm. boris johnson was in the hospital mm-hmm. brazil has got you know bolsaro mm-hmm. has covid and so i think mm-hmm. there's one that we feel the mortality ish you know of our leaders right now and we see how many times trump could have been toppled for various <laughs> reasons in the past right. 2 years <laughs> impeachment, the fact that we know he cannot be in good health. I mean, it's just literally impossible. (laughs) And so I think it's less about looking at Joe Biden and clutching our pearls and being like, oh, my God, he's so old. That's that's not it. I think it's that we really feel more than ever that the vice president matters, you know? Mm -hmm. Right. Right. And like, you know, I also would say that looking at Mike Pence trying to handle the coronavirus response and just being completely upended it's even more important because we're like, why can't we have like, we need someone who's going to be listened to and also like has any authority. I don't trust Mike Pence at all. The flip side to that argument too, is that Trump is so utterly incompetent. Imagine if we didn't have Pence. Oh God. I mean, he is literally (laughs) the flotation device around this response. And Mm -hmm. so I think that that all those things mixed together, make everybody like, Let's see who they're going to pick this year. This one matters. Um, Also, I think everybody's home and watching the news more. And I think that people are just interested, you know? It's like like a soap opera in its own little weird political nerd prom kind of way. There's also like a level of stasis that we were talking about to the race, too, where it's like people aren't doing that many big public events. Like polls have sort of said the same thing for quite a few months now that there is, you know, a kind of uh, steady lead for Biden at this point. But I want to ask too, like, so we were talking a little bit about like the idea of gelling with somebody um, being, you know, viewed at the same level, if you will. What does that actually mean for Biden specifically? Like, what is his work style? And what sort of qualities is he kind of seeking to make that match? So I'm going to opine here. This is because I'm not part of the process, so I would not pretend to know. But if you look at his prototype, 
right, which was his relationship with Barack Obama. What you have is a free share, like sharing of ideas, being able to uh, voice, you know, dissent, um, and then being able to get on board when the decision's made, even if it's not what you wanted, right? That's Mm -hmm. a really important part. Like vice presidents and presidents don't always agree. And so that's why, you know, and other thing is, if this is the first woman to be in the executive office, right, it can't look like she's sidelined when he was not sidelined, right? Right. So that's why, like, when I think of whoever he picks and their relationship, I think it's really why a lot of, you know, reporting is focused around Susan Rice right now, because she is someone who has a long-term relationship with him, who has disagreed with him, who's been able to go head-to-head, but then also knows fundamentally the the government has to function in a chain of command. And Mm -hmm. so you get to say your piece, you make your best argument, you put your best foot forward, and then sometimes you have to move on and eat the fact that you're not getting your way. So Mm -hmm. I think that, because it's it's so, it's such a, like, full of landmines for this, you know? It's like, you can't have, like I said, you can't have a, a, a female vice president, the first one, sidelined. You also really don't want her out there disagreeing publicly with him. Like you want it to sort of look like we remember presidencies to look, or at least the mm-hmm. one that we all remember, which is Barack Obama and Joe Biden. And so yeah. that's that's my that's why I think his personal relationship with this person matters for that very reason that when they get into office, you have to be able to disagree without being disagreeable, you have to be able to move on and you have to be able to sell it once the decision is done. And you also want him to have someone whose opinion he values so much that they make him stop and take a second thought about something that he's, you know, make him look at something with fresh eyes. So Mm -hmm. I think all those things are really important. And you can only have that relationship if you trust the person. So he is right now figuring out, I think, who he trusts, who has his back, who is he going to fix this economy and get us respected in the world again with? Mm -hmm. Oh, gosh. I mean, big question. It's a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Small tasks. I mean, <laughs> I don't envy it. You know, <laughs> I'm like, I don't trust anybody. Oh, well. <laughs> How do you think all of these recent protests in the wake of George Floyd's murder, um, you know, are impacting his decision, if at all? But is this like something that's front of mind for this process? I think so. I think that it is more important than ever to think about your ticket actually looking like America. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, Barack Obiden, or Barack, oh, Barack Obiden, what? Missed um, opportunity. <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, President Obama very much felt that way about his cabinet, you know, that he, it, that, that, that he being black was not enough. You know, that right. was not going to change how uh, progress happens in America. So I think that if it wasn't front of mind before, I think that, you know, just picking a woman... <laughs> Any woman isn't enough. Um, Not saying that's what he thought, but obviously how it was reported early on. So I think that he knows that people need to, if he himself is not a change agent, I think people need to be able to look, especially the, the, the part of the party that's not stoked that he's the nominee, that he needs to be able to say, I may not be the change agent, but I get it. I see it. And here we are. Wow. I just, they are, they are fools not to listen to you. 
I think you have great ideas, Alyssa. <laughs> Thank you for talking to us. What a day. Indeed. <laughs> That was Alyssa Mastromonaco, co-host of Crooked's weekly podcast, Hysteria, as well as the new Pod Save America bonus series, That's the Ticket. Listen to all of her shows, follow all of her tweets. I'm following her off of a cliff. And that's <laughs> the latest. What a Day is brought to you by Books. This Mother's Day, give mom her flowers. She absolutely deserves the best. And that's why you should send her farm fresh flowers from Books. That's short for bouquets. Books has modern designs and unique flowers you can't find anywhere else. And with 20% off, you can send some to mom, your wife, your auntie, even your granny, okay? Anyone who deserves flowers in your life mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be holiday specific. You get flowers, you're getting flowers, <laughs> everyone's getting flowers. <laughs> Go to books.com and use promo code WAD for 25% off. That is B-O-U-Q-S.com, promo code WAD, Books, promo code WAD. What a Day is brought to you by Fast Growing Trees. Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers. They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Plus, Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. We love Fast Growing Trees here. I keep telling you that the many plants that I've gotten from these folks are yet hanging on. Um, and that's not because I have a green thumb, Okay. This spring, fast-growing trees, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code WAD at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using the code WAD at checkout. Fastgrowingtrees.com, code WAD. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Therapy is great for, you know, you know that thing that just is like sitting on your shoulder, you can't get over it, and you just sometimes need somebody to talk through it with? Therapy can be helpful for that, you all, okay? You got to get it off your chest, you know? And you can do that with BetterHelp. So visit BetterHelp.com slash WAD today to get 10% off your first month. That's 10% off your first month at BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash WAD. That's all for today. If you like the show, make sure you subscribe, leave a review, pick us as your vice president, and tell your friends to listen. And if you're into reading and not just Alyssa's tweets like me, What a Day is also a nightly newsletter. Check it out and subscribe at crooked.com slash subscribe. I'm Akila Hughes. I'm Gideon Resnick. And, and we'll, we'll see, see you in, in August. August. It's it's like right around the corner. <laughs> yeah, wait, it's not that long. We'll, we'll be back soon. What a Day is a Crooked Media production. It's recorded and mixed by Charlotte Landis. Sonia Tun is our assistant producer. 
Our head writer is John Milstein, and our senior producer is Katie Long. Our theme music is by Colin Gilliard and Kashaka. As a chef and a restaurant owner, I'm as meticulous about my cookware as I am about my ingredients. That's why I love Made in Cookware. Each pan they make isn't just designed to perform, it's crafted to last. As a mom, I love that I can trust Made in. It's made from the world's finest materials, so I can feel good about what I'm feeding my family. I'm Chef Brooke Williamson, and I use Made in Cookware. Shop chef-quality pots and pans at madeincookware.com. I'm Oren Siegel, and I've been fighting extremism, anti-Semitism, and hate for more than 20 years. You should subscribe to our podcast, Extremely, to get a unique perspective on the daily work and the people who have dedicated their lives to exposing, fighting, and disrupting extremism, anti-Semitism, and all forms of hate. We bring you the stories of people and communities not only impacted by hate, but who offer new perspectives and ways to push back. You can find Extremely wherever you listen to podcasts.